What's up, sports fans? And welcome to another episode of Low Expectations, the Gruder Golf Podcast. Um, first of all, we want to thank everybody who's listened so far, um, subscribed, told their friends about the pod. We're having a lot of fun with it. And in case you don't already know, you can find us on Instagram at Gruder Golf. That is G-R-U-E-T-E-R <laughs> Golf. Hopefully not to spell that one. Um, and anytime, if you want to get in touch, you can reach out at founders at GruderGolf.com. And we would love to hear from you. We would really appreciate a follow, a like, um, maybe even subscribe um, to our Instagram page and turn on post notifications. We're really struggling. Kirsten thought this was going to be embarrassing to say, but we're really struggling <laughs> with our stats on there. And I feel like people aren't seeing it. Um, but luckily, um, to answer all of our technical questions about the genre today, we have a very special guest. Um, Hallie Ledbetter, welcome, Ooh, is a good hello. friend. Thanks for having me. Um, she is the senior producer of digital content at Golf Digest and one of the brightest young stars of the golf world and also a fan favorite and a real down ass chick, most importantly. <laughs> so Hallie, Hallie, welcome. A warm welcome Thank you to you. so much. Wow. Real down ass chick. I'm going to have to add that in my LinkedIn bio. <laughs> you should. You should. You really should. Um, All right. Well, hey, cheers. Cheers, cheers. cheers. cheers to cheers. you. Yes. Yeah. Cheers. Um, also, shout out to Flying Embers, which is what we're drinking. The newest, hottest spiked seltzer. On the market. You don't know. And a potential sponsor for this podcast. Yep. We'll be reaching out and letting everybody know how that goes. (laughs) So Hallie, in preparation for tonight, um, I did a deep dive on your Instagram. I went all the way back to 2012, which I believe is when Instagram first started. So you were obviously an early adapter. Um, It was some great. You sent me like some various topics. I was like, how did she know about that? <laughs> I was oh. like, really like I appreciate people doing their research and homework, and I have to applaud you because you really, you really did. You dug well, me. the extent of my research was really Instagram, um, <laughs> and we googled you quickly last oh, night. There's a lot of content there. It is so much content. It was really, really fun. Um, and we obviously admire your um, media genius, your social media genius. I think that you create some really cool stuff that's accessible and goofy and fun, but also like very highbrow golf at the same time, which is a really delicate, delicate balance you've got going there. So really commend you on that. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> um, so you're a master of the medium, consistently hilarious content, accessible to golfers and non-golfers. And we actually just, the first thing that we wanted to bring up was your recurring segment that we're big fans of, um, which is which song is more of a banger. And for those of you who follow Hallie, you definitely know this one. Um, So we wanted to turn the tables on you to get everybody warmed up. And we wanted to ask you which of these songs you might think is more of a banger. Because you're always asking us, honestly, the stress when I saw Milkshake versus One Two Step, (laughs) I'm sweating just thinking about it. (laughs) Like I froze and I like, I just, uh, I didn't know. Um, I would also like to know what your favorite of those choices, like which was your favorite battle? One that I've ever done. One that you've ever done. I would say probably one of my favorite ones that I've ever done is the Sean Paul. Oh. Temperature versus We Be Burning. This was so hard for me too. Yeah. Well, we're all really different. Honestly, temperature just really ran away with really? it. Really? 70 to 30. Wow. I, I, I would not expect believe that. that. I know. I really couldn't believe it. Um, but we've had some really, really close races. Um, milkshake and one, two step was one of those milkshake at 42, one, two step at 58. <laughs> um, so that was a close one. Laffy Taffy, Miss New Booty. Miss New Booty really, you know, ran away with that one again there. Um, Another really close one would have to be um, Live Your Life versus Whatever You Like. That Again, 48-52. That's close, yeah. That thing that I especially liked about that one, too, is that you really brought us back to your first date going to get smoothies um, for Live Your Life. Patron on ice, but I like couldn't. I've never had Patron, but I didn't even know what it was. I don't think. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think I did either. Saying it like I had it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. 
I haven't seen any Britney Spears on yeah, that's a great the face off. So do you want to hear something embarrassing? Um, but I really have to give credit to LPJ superstar Marina Alex. Mm. Um, we no lie have a Google spreadsheet of song matchups. <laughs> Well, that's a very good way to be worried. That is yeah. the best kept secret in golf. Wow. Yeah. We're journalists now. Yeah. So, yeah, breaking. This just in. So, yeah, we've had a few um, calls where we've, you know, gone on the Google the spreadsheet together and just sort of brainstormed. A lot of times I'll just, like, type in. We'll type in years and go through, like, the charts and try to find songs that way. Or Spotify playlists. Like, it'll be, like, Nelly Radio. And so, like... <laughs> look for yeah so that's sort of just a a small peek into the the research that goes into which song is more of a banger wow but i know i definitely i have slacked off a little bit and really hope to you know get more back on track with the consistent uh cadence with posting hallie i can't say that i see you slacking in anything um (laughs) at all especially on instagram so don't worry uh from the fan perspective you're doing just fine oh thank you i appreciate it Um, should we also talk very briefly about Hallie the Lifestyle Blogger? Um, oh, because yeah. that was like the deli meat face mask <laughs> was right before we became actual friends with you. And we were like watching this on unfold on Instagram and we were just like, oh my God, this is really amazing. We need to know who this girl is ASAP. <laughs> what's wild is I think that we were like, wow, she's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were. So what's funny about the deli meat face masks is – that so I did that when I was down in Jacksonville working for the PGA tour and I guess it was just like a day off and I was like I didn't have very many friends down there really outside (laughs) of work so I was just like oh I'm gonna put some ham on my face and um what was funny about that is I remember that I checked my likes and that Jerry Tardy the editor-in-chief of Golf Digest liked it and I was like oh my god like I'm never gonna be able to go back there like that door is closed. Then they rehired me. So honestly, maybe it was a deli face mask that really drew them back in and made them want to reach out. So I think we all have the deli face mask to thank for so much then. And that's yeah, we yeah, do. Wow. Brought us here today. Yeah, I really need to. I need that's another franchise that probably could uh, use some revamping. The So I'm really obsessed with average fashion blogger. Uh, and she, I mean, and that's the thing, like, she's just absolutely insane. Like (laughs) some stuff she does, like she will like to her hair will be like super wet. Like she will literally be dripping wet out of the shower and she'll be like, like, here's my new hair straightener. And she'll just straight up fry her hair. And I'm just like, okay, if I'm going to do any kind of lifestyle blogger thing, I really need to either like up my game considerably. But now I just really save Holly the lifestyle blogger for um, any like unboxings that I do because I find that unboxings are just a little bit like barf. So like for anybody, it's really hard to make unboxings um, tolerable or like, it's just, I don't know. It's just like a very cringy basic thing, but I'm obviously incredibly grateful when, you know, when a lot of my friends at these incredible brands send me stuff and I want to, you know, especially if I like the stuff, like I want to show people like check out this new gear um, you should, you know, try to grab it while you can. So um, I try to like, that's kind of a way that I sort of have been able to tolerate my own obnoxiousness mm-hmm. with unboxing is by just playing it up and trying to make it um, a little bit funny, at least. It's very funny. Well, that's like one of the things that we actually like had that we were talking about in preparation for this was like, you're able to just like toe the line of like, be your de- you're an influencer, you know, like you are an influencer, but you do it in the best possible way. And it's like amazing. Like, how do you, how do you do it? Is that just the way you are? Well, I appreciate that. I think for me, what I have always tried to do with my own posts and sometimes I, sometimes I don't, but I try to say, okay, if I saw this piece of content, if I was, if I followed me, Like, would I think this was funny? Like, would it add any kind of like chuckle or humor or like, this is like Gary Vaynerchuk, who's like a social media genius who always talks about adding value, um, which I don't think I'm adding any like value. Like you're not going to really use the information that I say or anything, but I might add value in the way that I might make you laugh or smile or whatever. So I always try to say like, would I, if I saw this come up in my feed, like, would I roll my eyes at this? 
Or would I be like, or would it make me laugh and I would like physically like t- double tap, you know, like what I think this is funny. Is this adding anything to my life or am I just rolling my eyes and being like, oh, mute, you know? So I think for me, I just try to think of it in that way. Like if I followed me, what would I want to see? You know? So I don't always, sometimes I do roll my eyes at stuff that I do, but I try to, I try to be hard on myself enough to where I, you know, hold myself to a relatively. I think we all do things on social media that eventually make ourselves roll our eyes at ourselves. That was a weird sentence, but um, it's hard. So as you, you know, as you are such like an Instagram girl, it should surprise nobody that this whole thing started when Hallie slid into our DMs in the fall of 2018. (laughs) That is true. It was right after our like second big event and right before the Candy Corn Classic. Right before the Candy Corn Classic. I think that was, it was like, I had just moved back to New York and I don't know, I don't remember where I first saw like Gruder Golf mentioned, but I remember I followed you guys and I was like, wow, this is so cool. Like these girls seem so cool. And I love that they are making golf fun and like, look how many girls get to come out their event. That's incredible. How do they do it? <laughs> so I was like, well, this seems awesome. I mean, I, I definitely want to meet them and hang out with them. Like, I wonder if they will be like friends with me. Um, and then, so I remember I showed up to your uh, event with. It was Annie, Annie Lexi, and, and Gabby. And Gabby Ballant. Yeah. Yes. And we showed up. And we played the candy corn classic. And I don't think we knew that like not finishing was an option. <laughs> so we're out there. I wonder that anybody else was going to be keeping score. You were the only team that kept score. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't yeah. know. But I, so it was so much fun. And we had an absolute blast. I remember we didn't get off to a hot start. But then, and we thought it was going to be close. Like in our minds, we're like, someone's going to go low. <laughs> So me and Annie and Lexi and Gabby, and I think that's what's so fun about your y'all's events is that I still sorry, I haven't figured out just a side note, I haven't figured out to say like your plural in a way, like your guys's sounds weird. And I gave myself the pass to say y'all's. So yeah, you've been in Florida for a while, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Y'all's a bit. What's so fun? Y'all's a it is fun though and it's the best it really is the best way to say it yeah so y'all's events are just so fun (laughs) for everybody though like seriously there and that was what was fun because you had four like collegiate level golfers there that had an absolute blast um we came in in the dark and you guys were all partying and we're like we finished we jumped 62 (laughs) <laughs> Who beat us? And, and then like, we proceeded to quickly on the spot make up a prize because well, we, we didn't really. Prize. Yeah, you guys demanded a prize. We didn't really have a first place prize per se, <laughs> so we had this giant bucket of candy corn left yeah. over that we had been sprinkling around honestly all day. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, to the listeners, I don't want because we just did the Jared interview. I don't want everyone to think that every single one of our events is Halloween themed, but <laughs> this just happened to be a, a second year of this. And so it's called the candy corn classic. So we had a lot of candy corn. We got two five pound bags, I think of candy corn. And we, so we dumped a lot of them into this bucket and we had you guys stand in front of the Gruder golf flag and we threw it on you. Yeah, all right on you and took a picture and took a video of it while we did it in slow motion, actually. And I was so proud because it was the first college tournament that I had won since the, (laughs) sorry, first golf tournament I've won since the national championship. Yeah. Wow, really? Yeah. So for me and Lexi, it was really special because we're like, we're on a winning team again. (laughs) And and then I took it to the office the next day and it broke on the way to the office. In the bucket? Cat and candies weren't everywhere, <laughs> which was really sad. Uh, but it was a great, it was, you know, a fantastic event. And I think that was when I was like so hooked on the Gruder Golf, you know, just mission and people. And yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. I, I, that was a fantastic first event to be a part of. Yeah, we were kind of curious after to know like what your expectations were going into that event and then what you thought after it. 
Yeah. Did they live up to it? Were they oh my God. different? He exceeded them. I had I wouldn't say I had low expectations for, for it at all, but I think I, I don't I think I didn't just didn't know. I had no expectations. Like I didn't know what to expect. I thought it was obviously followed you guys on social. I'd seen a little bit of what you had done in the past, but it was my first one that I was gonna be experiencing in person. And I thought it was incredibly well run. You guys had merch, which I was like, <laughs> whoa, sick. Um, great signage. <laughs> incredibly well run you guys finished when it was pitch black well (laughs) it was like a seven hour round yeah it was a little the round was a little long but well that was a that was a that was we'll say that the starter's fault yeah put some we were meant to go off first yeah 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 but i do remember that besides the besides the point no i thought it was so much fun and i couldn't wait to to do another one so that was great i was yeah and and the rest is history (laughs) the rest as they say is history as they say Um, Well, actually, that segues perfectly um, because so obviously your first Gruder Elf event was very unlike the golf that you had played previously. Um, you have an extremely impressive golf history, which obviously. a lot of our listeners may not. A really lot of our listeners probably really don't know who you are. So Hallie was the 2016 NCA national champion um, golf, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> A member of the golf teams at Rollins College and Arkansas. And we've seen you play, and we can attest that you're really good. Oh, like, your swing is perfect. Oh, thank you. You know, it's really funny. I was playing golf the other day in California, and I teed off, and the starter said, wow, your swing looks like it's right out of an instruction book. And I was like, funny you should say that. <laughs> <laughs> funny you should I'd probably, I'd probably be disowned if it did not. So, But, yeah, so – your swing looking like it comes out of an instructional video um, is pretty spot on because again, for our listeners who may not know, your dad is a very famous and influential golf instructor. Yeah. Um, And so we were curious, like why, when did you decide to start playing golf Mm -hmm. more seriously? And you know, your mom doesn't really get as much credit, but actually she was a pretty badass golfer herself. And um, did she have a role in it? So, yeah. So I would say, so I started, I always had a set of clubs, but I hated golf when I was little. I thought it was so boring. Yeah. You were a young equestrian. I was, I was young equestrian. I can relate. All the horses. And that's what my, so I have two, I have two brothers, but I have two cousins and my cousins are older and they live in England and they're these amazing six foot tall, beautiful English equestrian girls. And I just like wanted to be like them. So that's why I sort of went that route. Um, but then as I got older, my brothers looked like they were having a lot of fun playing golf and they were talking about it all the time. And I was like, Oh, okay, fine. Like I'll try. Um, and I was like, Oh, this is actually pretty fun. But I was, I was not good at all. Like when I was, 12, 13, 13, probably 12, 13 is when I played my first 18 holes and I felt like 136. And at the time in my mind, I was like, yeah, I'll like, I'll I'll probably play professional golf. And then like, I was like, and I look back, I'm like, what are you insane? (laughs) Like you think you're going to play professional golf. You, then you shot 136. Like you just like thought like, oh, I'll get to it and then I'll play. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so bad. (laughs) So then I was like, okay, uh, I guess I need to, you know, practice. And I ended up going to uh, a sports academy called IMG, um, which was a amazing experience. I was, I I was there for three years. Um, But that really helped me sort of uh, you know, you would, I would go to school in the morning. I would practice in the afternoon for five or six hours, uh, go to the gym, you know, had a nutritionist, had a, a mental coach and like all this stuff. So I sort of could pack in a lot of time and practice and, and thing that I just kind of didn't really, you know, I didn't do that kind of stuff when I was younger, even though I was around the game for a long time, but I didn't play or put any of the work in. So I had like a three year window where I really needed to make up some ground and, I did, which was really cool to see. Like the girls that when I was 12, 13 were beating me by like literally 30 shots, 40 shots, maybe um, at time, like by the time I was, you know, a senior in college, like I could be them, which was really, really cool to see. Um, we have so many questions actually about IMG. Oh yeah. Too. Yeah, I didn't know it was five or six hours a day. Yeah. Oh first God. of all, that's nuts. And second of all, like, what was it like? So did you, it was a boarding school. So you lived there? So it's a boarding school, but there's two, uh, like you could live on campus or off campus. Okay. Uh, I lived 
off campus because my little brother decided to go as well. My older brother went there too, but he lived on campus because we lived back in Orlando. Oh. So then my parents ended up buying a condo in uh, Bradenton, which is where the campus is. So yeah, we lived off campus, um, but like I would say probably 30 to 35% lived off and hmm. the other kids lived on. Um, so did the golfers only hang out with the golfers and the, uh, like, were the sports like separated like that? Or that's were a good they... question. So we, we co-mingled at school. So I like went in to, class. Yeah. In class. We all went to class together and then we trained separately. Mm -hmm. And then if you lived on campus, like the on campus kids would all hang out together. Like all the different sports were mixed yeah. in in the dorms, but I mostly saw any kids from other sports in my classes. Cause I lived at home. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, we all kind of hung out together. There were some like heated debates about which is harder, golf or tennis. Like it almost came to blows. It was really hilarious. Wow. And then you'd just be walking and like Maria Sharapova would be like training. Or because um, when, I, when I got there, my, my last few, like my last few months there, they really um, were turning it into not only a school, but like people would come there to train as well. Like they do a lot of like NFL combine stuff. And now... Now they have some really insane, like they do cross country and um, like they have other sports that I, when I was there, they, they didn't even have them. So it's really turned into the, they do like fashion camp because obviously IMG is a huge agency as well. So like oh, Bella, okay. well, yeah, they will literally like use the dorms for like modeling camp. Wow. It's bizarre. That's um, crazy. Yeah. I'm crazy. shocked by modeling camp. Yeah. I, like, I don't think I'm going to be over that all. The last thing I'll say about IMG. So what made it so great about um, like going to school there was there were really like three like categories of kids. You had kids like me that were, you know, trying to get good enough to earn a college scholarship, maybe wanted to go pro afterwards potentially, but like our goal, like we're going to college. Like that's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and we obviously took it very seriously. Um, and then you had the kids who were like definitely not going to college, essentially like already professional athletes, just like have to go to school because it's the law, but they were not going to college. Mm -hmm. Like they were like had contracts ready to go. And then you had this other group, which was my absolutely favorite group, was like their parents would essentially just like wanted to send them to boarding school. But, and I don't know why they chose IMG, but they did. And then they would tell their kids just like pick a sport and then they would just send their kid to IMG. And this, so when I talk about like five or six hour practices, like that's what like I would do or like people that were like really serious would do. But the mandatory like time allotted that you had to be there like with your coach was like three hours. So these kids would like show up late, leave early. And then we had like one nightclub in like Bradenton, Sarasota. And all these, these kids are like super Eastern European and like usually from like uh, like very wealthy, like Latin American families would send their kids and they would have like Louis Vuitton briefcases and like the night they'd be like wow. dressed head to toe, like Ricky Fowler, but they like literally are so bad at golf. You've never <laughs> seen anything like it. They hate the sport, but they have the best equipment. And that did kind of make me sad because I was like, Oh, it kind of sucks that you're getting this opportunity when you don't even want to be here. Yeah. But they honestly made things so entertaining. <laughs> Like now, some of them, there's one kid that I know has like millions of followers on Instagram. He's this like Swiss influencer. <laughs> and this other girl I know is on an MTV reality show. She sat behind me in history. <laughs> Just like the most bizarre. But I'm like, yeah, what were you doing there? And I was like, they're like yeah, she played tennis. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so yeah, that was like IMG. There's some serious characters there. Yeah. And so then you went on to obviously play in college. So mission accomplished. Yeah. That's my ticket. Went to college, which is awesome. Was at Arkansas for uh, two years, which was amazing. Like, I learned so much there. The facilities there are absolutely insane. The coaches there, Shauna and Mike were amazing. Like I don't regret going there at all. Um, it was an amazing experience. Um, and then I decided to transfer to Rollins college which was another great decision that I made. So good for me. Um, no, but I, I just say like, it's so funny because people say, oh, like, you know, when they transfer, a lot of times I think people think like, oh, it's like you made a mistake going there in the first place. But I don't think I made a mistake going to Arkansas at all. Like it's what I needed and what I wanted at the time. And then yeah. a few years into it, I was just like, oh, you know, maybe this, this may, I kind of, I want something different now, you know, and I have sort of different career goals. So going to Rollins, Arkansas was definitely the right choice. And then Rollins was the right choice. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, and it was great. I went to Rollins for three years because I, I registered a year at Arkansas, so I had extra eligibility. Um, and then we won the national championship my senior year, which was a great way to, to go out for sure. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. amazing. What was it like winning the national championship? What did you do after? Oh my God. <laughs> uh, what did we do after? So that's a great question. So the national championship was actually in Denver. Um, the final round of national national championship happened to correspond with like national marijuana day. <laughs> so the entire city of Denver was like essentially hot boxed, which was hilarious. Perfect. Um, and so we were in the hotel and, um, I just remember like our, we were in downtown Denver and our hotel overlooked like the, whatever the city center and Wiz Khalifa was doing a concert which oh my was God. Insane, which was insane. <laughs> um, but we didn't really do too much um, in in Denver, excuse me, that I remember. But what's really cool, one of the um, Rollins College alumni is like the CEO of like Ruth Chris Steakhouse. Mm, so wow. he threw us like this insane dinner when we got home, which was really, really cool. Um, so we got to have a big dinner together, which was, which was really fun. Um, and yeah, so it was definitely... A, you know, a great way to go out. And I felt like going to Rollins, like I was so grateful for the opportunity to go there. And so, and they hadn't won a national championship in a few years. So it was really nice to be able to, you know, at, like repay that in some way yeah, um, to get another one for, for coach Julie. So. so I think what I loved about our team at Rollins is we had such great chemistry and we hung out off the golf course as well. Like we like hung out on the weekends and we went to parties together and we held each other accountable as well. Like if we had a tournament the next day, if one of our teammates was going out the night before, like we were not going to let them go out. You know, yeah. I were like, I'm not going to like physically not let them go out, but like we were going <laughs> to definitely guilt them mm-hmm. for it, you know, because something that my coach always said was like, don't give up what you want most for what you want now. And that was sort of drilled into us. Wow. Our, our entire, my entire career there, but especially my last year. Cause I was like, this is the last one. Like, let's give it our all. Like we gotta, we gotta go. Um, so it was really fun to have teammates that like shared the same vision and wanted the same thing that you wanted just as badly. So we definitely had fun and we definitely partied hard, but we d- had priorities, especially for that last year that I was there. Yeah. Wow. That's a really great piece of advice. Yeah. Um, I'm going to need to remember that. I'm going to need to write that when down. I'm a snack month or yeah. later on tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Tattoo it on my arm. Write that down. <laughs> um, and just also because, you know, like us, a lot of people probably don't know exactly like what the like formats and stuff are like in college golf. So would it be like an aggregate score? Would it be like your average? Like why did it matter so much? Like if one person couldn't like bring it all down? Yeah. So five people traveled, potentially like six or seven if two people played as like an individual. Um, but to, like for the actual team that mattered as far as scoring, five people were on the team. You would drop the worst score every day. So, um, and generally like our tournaments, we play like 36 holes the first day and then 18 the second day. So we take the four of the five best scores for the first round four of the five best scores for the second and then four of the five best. So like if, like if so-and-so, like, let's say we were a team, like if I, you shot, you know, 72 and you shot 73 and I shot 78, like we would drop my score. Mm -hmm. So you just, you obviously wanted your score to count, you know, like you feel like you contributed. Um, But uh, you just kind of want everybody to feel like, you know, you you wanted to be contributing and you wanted to be, you know, at at your best. Um, But that's generally the format for college golf. Occasionally the blue match play, match play things. Um, I played as an individual, my first tournament of my senior year, because we were qualifying because we also have to qualify for those, for those spots. Um, mm-hmm. so I played horrible in qualifying because my dog died and I just, mm-hmm. felt, I just felt like, I don't know. I think I shot, I don't know. I shot like 89 or something. I just like couldn't focus and all that, whatever. <laughs> Terrible <know>. score. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I would chop off one of my toes. That's, to that's my best <laughs> score ever. That's my very best score ever. <laughs> so, um, so I love that. Uh, actually it might've been 88, but it was right around there. <laughs> But uh, I, uh, so I, I played 
poorly. And my coach was like, you know, like I like, she was a straight shooter, you know, like you didn't make the team, but like you can come and play as an individual. And I was like, okay, fine. So uh, went to the tournament, played as an individual. I won the tournament by myself as an individual. <laughs> and then my team won as a team. But so, my score didn't count at all for them. But I won the tournament. Oh. Which was hilarious. Oh, um, wait, so I was just like, so basically like you, you, you have a team competition, but then there's also mm-hmm. like a separate ter- like tournament going on for yourself. Like that's what's kind of cool about college golf is like, you get the team aspect that you, but you also still like are playing the individual sport, which is golf. So, yeah, you know, so I won the tournament like in this individual leaderboard, but then Rollins won as a team without my help at all, which is, that's really, unbelievable. Yeah. Which is really cool to see. What a um, strong program. It was, yeah, it was awesome. And I think my favorite memory from that tournament specifically was Peggy Kirk Bell. And if you guys recommend everybody to look up her because she is an absolute badass. She is a, one of the LPGA founders and can fly planes and she's passed away since, but she was alive that I think that was like, I think she passed away maybe like two or three years ago now, but there's a picture of me like sitting with her at a table and talking to her and she's a Rollins college alum and she's like, you know, super sassy. And I remember I walked in after my final round and she looked at me and she goes, did you win? And I got to be like, yeah, I did. Which was like the coolest moment of my college golf career was that I got to tell Piggy Kirkbell that I won when she asked if I did. That's awesome. Uh, iconic. Really, really that is cool. iconic. So, yeah. Wow. A lot of, a lot oh, of I just got chills. Fun college memories. Um, so then after college, yeah. at what point did you decide that you wanted to like be in golf media and sort of how did that um, transition happen? Yeah. So I think for me, it kind of started when I transferred to Rollins because I knew that I needed to be a little more balanced. I knew that I was putting too much of my self-worth like into golf. So, and I always loved entertaining. I love making people laugh. And so that's at Rollins. I started doing the radio, uh, Rollins college, Rollins college radio, which was so much fun. Um, and so then after college, I was like, I still want to turn pro, but I think eventually, like, regardless, even if I turn pro or not, like, I know I want to get to the media side of golf, but I think turning pro regardless would be a great experience and something that I can like speak to and have knowledge of when I speak to people that have played for money, like I'll know somewhat of what it was like. So I did it, did it for like seven or eight months. And then I was like, nope, not for me. Um, and I'm, but I'm really glad I did it because I can say that I did it. Uh, yeah. but it's, it's so hard and I have so much respect for everybody that's trying to pursue professional golf because it is, especially as a woman. Oh my God. Like there's just, it's hard. It's really hard. It's hard for any gender, but as a woman, it's very hard. Um, that being said, um, yeah. So I ended up getting a job, uh, uh, offer from golf digest from, uh, Ashley Mayo, who uh, was there at the time. And I got to be golf digest coordinator and, you know, kind of learn, the basic social media. And, you know, that's one of the things that a lot of, a lot of times uh, girls will like message me and be like, how do you get your foot in the door? Like, how do I, how do I get my foot in the golf industry? And I'm like, or like, I want to do, you know, on camera video stuff or whatever. And I'm like, that's awesome. Well, one, like you can make content. You don't need anybody to be like, yes, you can make content. Like this isn't, you know, even the the two thousands, like you don't have mm-hmm. to be on TV to make your own content. Yeah. Go make your own stuff. But in the meantime, just try to get your foot in the door in any way you can. You know, like no one's gonna hand you an on camera job. No one's like you need you need reps. You need to show that that you know what you're you're doing. And that for me took a, a ton of time. You know, I didn't I didn't go to broadcast journalism school or anything like that. I just I did the radio in college. But like being on camera, I got most of my quote unquote reps from just doing my own stupid social media stuff, you know? <laughs> um, and then I got my foot in the door. Jelly face masks. Yes. Yeah, so doing <laughs> face masks. And then that kind of got me comfortable in front of a camera. Granted it was a cell phone. And I will say that is something that I actually had to struggle with because I was very comfortable holding a cell phone in my hand, but I did not like when anybody was pointing any camera at me. Mm-hmm. So I had to get very used to that. Like putting, even if just, I would like, stare at a point on a wall and like talk to it that's a lot different than like having a cell phone in your hand and like being able to engage with a cell phone like just staring at a point and like reciting things that you just memorized is a hell of a lot different so interesting and yeah i'm still working on that like it still doesn't quite i'm still but but it's just reps so um i think for me i so i started out digest 
social media, social media, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, cadence, you know, like every on the hour, on the 45 minutes, Instagram stories, codes to track, you know, traffic and all that stuff, which I'm so, so grateful for that opportunity because I, I mean, the most of the stuff that I do is social media stuff. So I know what's going to, what works and that more than ever pertains to uh, video content because I know for a fact that like a talking head with no sound that's not captioned in a 16 by nine is not going to perform on Instagram. So I'm not going to yeah. my time and I don't ever want to be in anything that's not going to do well. So I'd much rather you just throw up a graphic with text. I don't need me in it, you know? Yeah. So I think for me, I've just always been passionate about making things, whether I'm in it or not. Like, yeah, I like to do the on camera stuff, but I just want to make good content that people enjoy. And, you know, whether that's com- gen- most of the time com- comedic content, but I just want to make content, you know, a lot of the stuff that we make for golf digest isn't comedic. Um, so I have to put my serious face on sometimes, which is good too. Uh, good muscle flex, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I was at digest was there for eight months. And then I got a call from the PGA tour and I got to go work there, which was so cool. And I never thought I was going back to golf digest, especially after the deli face mask. Yeah. So I was like, Oh man, <laughs> they're, oh, cutting me man off. they're cutting me off. We're never going back. Uh, but then sure enough, here I am. So back at digest, been back for almost two years now. Um, and it's been amazing. I mean, we were a part of Condé Nast. Now we've been acquired by Discovery, merged with Golf TV, get to, you know, do stuff with Tiger Woods, yeah. which is nuts. Pretty cool. Pretty yeah. fucking cool. So it's been, um, it's been a wild ride. Because it, sure. it seems like for us, like when, when we're just following along, like you're doing a million different things. So what exactly is Jen – said your title in the beginning of the show, but we're not exactly sure if that's even what your title is. And did you make that up? And like, uh, so well, because like you're doing, you're doing shot by shot. You're doing funny videos in your own. You're at the U S open, you know, like you're to somebody who's following along at home. It just seems like you're everywhere. Like, it seems like to me, you are golf digest. <laughs> well, I am definitely, definitely not. I mean, there's so many people behind, behind, you know, the scenes that, of course, yeah, we're, yeah it's literally just me. I'm, I'm person, I'm that's person. it. It's just Allie. <laughs> I'm the only one. Um, no, but uh, as far as video stuff, I'm just like so grateful for the opportunity to be able to do these things for Golf Digest because it, it's what I want to do. Um, and they, I think that, you know, they gave me a shot and I was able to kind of like, you know, build on that and bring more ideas to the table, which has been great. And I think, um, what's been awesome, again, like I'm so lucky and so grateful to digest for like supporting me um with other things as well like when it comes to the usga stuff that was something that you know came about because of a a a different relationship that i had and i went to my boss and i said listen like they they asked me if i could do this and um my boss was like yeah sure you know so i got to go to the us open and work for them which was which was such a great a great experience and, and the usga has some amazing um producers and editors that i got to work with there too so um, at Digest, my, my job has definitely evolved, like, especially, you know, in the last two years when I was there the first time around, I was doing, you know, purely, uh, social media. And then, um, when I came back, I was, you know, kind of overseeing social media. And then as I, as we were acquired by discovery and I got more into like doing just more like digital content and ideation and on camera stuff, um, my, uh, work wife, Nicole Ray has really sort of taken over, uh, the, 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 the day-to-day social and his, you know, it's just, I'm so proud of her and so, you know, grateful and, you know, to be able to call her a friend and colleague because she has been incredible. I actually, I mean, I think it's similar to how I felt about you guys, actually. Um, when I met Nicole, I'd only met her like once or twice, but I just got some like really good vibes from her. You know, now I feel like we are this incredible dynamic duo. She's like, my the yin to my yang like I can go all kind of like and like be (laughs) think about you know and then Nicole will kind of like rein it in and we'll get shit done which is like very nice I mean I say that but she's like incredibly creative as well and it's it's so much fun to like work like work with stuff with her because I feel like she'll help me make ideas better which I'm sure you guys feel like too you know it's Mm -hmm. so nice to be able to have 
you know, like-minded, creative people that you could like, Kiki could say, what about this? And then Jen can say, oh, and then we can do this. So <laughs> like the ideas that you had become even better in like this pot, like you just stir pot of creativity, um, which is just so much fun. And then now we have another guy named Liam, who is incredible and really, really funny. And, and I appreciate kind of gives us, I mean, we always have been very, very, aware and keep it at the top of mind like who our audience is you know like we're speaking generally to a bunch of dudes um but i think having at that at the time or even still like a primarily all-female group we're able to be more sensitive and more like aware especially just more so around not so much tone of voice but just like coverage of the of the women's game and um i have some exciting stuff so you guys should stay tuned for that. I won't give anything away. Ooh, um, heard you first. Heard it here first that something's on the way. <laughs> but uh, but Lee, another brutal exclusive. It's. It, I feel like we have a very well balanced, like incredibly creative uh, social team, and so uh, I'm very lucky to be a part of it. Yeah. I mean, we love following along and I think it does, you know, to people like us too, you know, like I think it goes a long way to have women who are our peers. We see you guys working on this stuff. And I think that like, I don't know, that's cool. Um, but actually, um, you say you have some cool stuff coming up, but, um, I actually just saw what you posted like earlier this week about the local knowledge podcast that kind of dives into, you know, how difficult it is to be a woman on the tour. Um, a story by Keely Levins that honestly, like consume my, my thoughts for the entire day. Like I, it was, it was just like so frustrating and like heartbreaking and like crazy, like the stories that were told on there. And it was only like 30 minutes. And I was like, this could be a whole podcast series essentially. No, it absolutely Um, could. And like kudos to Keely. I was talking to her yesterday a little bit because she said her DMs were blowing up and I saw a lot of LPGA players sharing, uh, sharing the content, which was great to see. And then, I mean, I'm sure you guys saw it too. Like, it's just ridiculous. The sort of like, and it's sad sometimes to see like the golf digest comments because sometimes you you're like, Oh, we're making so much progress. And they're like, ah, you know, like you're like, why, how are these people golfers? Like, how can you be such a keyboard warrior? You know? And like, I'm like, you then cook on their profile and they're like, father to two daughters. We were literally just talking about this. Okay. And you're, you're like shitting on the LPGA. Like, what is your problem? You know, like this, this is, these are people's kids and moms and wives. And like, these are incredible, incredible athletes. How can you not show support? And that's something that we were talking about too. And this episode. So yeah. Can you give a little recap of what that's Yeah. For people who might not have listened. Um, do you want to give a little recap of the, what we're talking about? Sure. So this this is local knowledge golf digest podcast. And if you just a little plug for the golf digest podcast, local knowledge to subscribe. Um, but it's actually a really neat podcast because what they do it. So it's every other week and they delve in like really deeply into a specific topic. So like racism or this, this is the LPGA and this episode too. And, um, we chose to sort of grab people's attention. We chose to use LPGA pay gap as the title on Instagram. And because we knew that would sort of like, you know, make people stop. But ultimately what this episode came down to was like, yes, there is a pay gap, but okay. What does that then cause for these LPGA players? Like some serious quote unquote with the episodes titled bootstrapping on the LPGA. Like these girls have to be super savvy and they have to like be willing, like have no egos. Like they're not flying around in private jets like these dudes, you know, to Keely's, you know, point about this isn't about getting your third vacation home. This is about like paying your bills for the year. So, you know, it's not the glamour that there is on the PGA tour, except maybe for like the select few at the top. And even then it's nowhere near what it is on the PGA tour. So that's what this is about. It's like how hard, not so much like, not, they're not, it's not whining about like, Oh, the girls don't make as much of the dudes. Like we already know that, you know, that's wasn't the whole point of this podcast. The point of the podcast was to really highlight the incredible amount of like grit that these women have to make it as professional golfers. Yeah. And I mean, I think that the crazy thing too, like, you know, so the stats they give, like, it's not just that they're making less, it's like, they're making literally like 10 cents to the dollar. Like it's like, you know, the, the purse is like 10% of what the PGA purse is. And then what I want to ask you about too, is just kind of like what, 
what was described at the end, because they talk about, you know, part of the reason that, you know, the purses aren't as big and the sponsors aren't there as much is because you kind of have this like chicken and egg situation where it's not put on TV as often because there aren't as many fans. Um, but then there aren't as many fans because it's not on TV as often. And you don't like get that connection that you get, you know, if you watch the PGA tour every week and you know, you like are following storylines and like you're following the same players and people just aren't as familiar with LPGA players because they don't have the sponsor. Like you're not seeing like, you know, Instagram cranking out like, you know, stuff about them all the time, like from the sponsors and then from the tour itself. And, you know, so it's just like such a bummer. So like, do you, I was racking my brain about like, what does like, as a fan, like we're, we're the regular fans, right? Like we're like the bottom of the barrel, like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> we're the lowest of the low fans. Right. But like, what can we do to like, kind of like flip the script or like change this in some sort of way? Because it seems so crazy that like you can be, you know, at the very top of your game, right? Like you can be the best in the world or something and not be rewarded for it really like that much, you know? I know. I know. It's ridiculous. I think honestly, Jen, I would love to say that I had some answers for and say like, oh, here's what fans can do yeah. besides. It's okay. I don't know either. No, besides like the occasion, like tweet at the networks. Why aren't you playing? Whatever. And I love, by the way, that you're wearing your WNBA sweatshirt. I think that's fantastic. But- <laughs> you gotta spend money on it. I'm ready to drop dollars, you guys. Like I will spend money on women's sports. If they say that people won't, like I will. I'll buy all the merch. All the LPGA <laughs> give it to people. Maybe some fire I'll drop it off of bridges and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. No, but that was the other thing that we were saying. Like all these majors, these men's majors, Every single company makes these like awesome new line, new shoes, like every piece of like sick merch that you could imagine. And then the women's major is on and you don't see anyone making anything for it. Not yeah, the KPMG was saw. like crickets. Like, and I was thinking too, like, like Aronimink, like there were so many like opportunities, like that's like Donald Ross's like best course, right? Like there are so many like merchandising opportunities that like, regardless of like, whether you're even like going to watch it or something like you might want something that's like got that like Donald Ross signature. It's a signature course, right? You could do a lot of like cool signature stuff. Yeah. And it's like a missed opportunity. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think, so it's complicated, but I would say to summarize that it's got to come from the top, right? Like I'm trying to think of an example, almost like, okay. So like, yes, the content coming from like putting my social media cap on here, like the content does not perform as well as the men's unless it's like, yeah. which is sad, which is, unless it's some sort of like drama. Between yeah. The yeah. Girls which or- the KPMG content coming from their Instagram account was so good. It yeah, was, like, the stories were great. It was yeah. fantastic content. I liked the other one. I was like, this is really good. You guys like, that's great. I hope people that's are watching. Awesome. This. No. And I think that, so like, it doesn't perform as well, but that could go back to your argument about like, well, they, they don't care about these people because they've never seen them before. So I think honestly, it does start with the media sort of, you know, we have obviously key performance indicators, KPIs that we have to hit. So it kind of, it would, it's almost like we need a different set of KPIs as an industry to say like, listen, we're willing to let like these slide a little bit because we're trying to reach these other goals over here, which is like to increase the coverage of the women's game, which in turn, yes, it's, it's like, it's basically like long-term versus short-term. Like you might increase audiences and make these and like hit, have higher numbers because you invested in this in the long-term, but this might suffer in the short-term. And it's just challenging because, you know, everybody's competing for eyeballs. Everybody's competing for clicks. Everybody's competing for engagement because you need to people to advertise with you um because you need to make money because you have you know like growth things that you have to hit so um it's like this cycle but at some place like somebody that is in a position of power that can like direct their company be like listen we know that these are important we're gonna create these other ones though and these are just as important like they might not be Mm -hmm. concrete or maybe they are concrete maybe it's like about like i'll just talk about like a little bit about what we're doing at golf digest especially um, like all of this has become like very at the forefront of our focus, um, 
just because of, you know, of the recent happenings. And we're like going to do our best to really increase diversity and in, in the magazine and in our content. And so coming up with like things like, oh, we're, we want to make sure that we, you know, have a certain percentage of minorities or women or, you know, that kind of stuff. And so they are kind of concrete goals, but those are just as important at these, at these other, th- as these other things. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's got to come down to like the, the people at the top saying like, we find this just as important or more important than just making money. Yeah. And I mean, we'll take care of the bottom. Like we'll be at the bottom, like (laughs) buying it and paying attention to it. You know, like I, I promise you that the bottom is there. The bottom bottom wants it. And that's kind of part of, I mean, that's like part of our whole mission, you know, to create that market. You know, like when we first started playing, it was like, why is there nothing cool at the pro shop for girls? Like, why is there like, why are all the clubs pink? Like, like shades of pink that you haven't seen since, you know, 1992, you know? So it's all these things like, we're like, all right, let's like create a market for cooler stuff, you know, for the stuff that we like to see. And I feel like so much of, you know, apparel and everything is kind of trending towards like a more, you know, gender is over direction. Like Nike's got a line that's like gender free or whatever, you know? And so I think, I mean, I think golf's like far away from that, but I think at least like if the seeds are being planted right now, then maybe in, you know, 10 years, it's like a different conversation. Totally. You know, I'm sure. That's the, that's the dream. dream. Keeping the dream alive out here. And it also just, okay, the last thing too that I want to talk about on that, because I really was, I was like almost driven to tears, like after listening to that twice, because I listened to it twice. Um, But especially like the like storyline that I found so like heartbreaking was like when Meg Mallon like won, you know, she won the British Open and she had been like winning. She's like one of the top players. And she said she was thinking to herself, like, you know, do I need to like lose weight? Do I need to be prettier like to get sponsors? And that was just like such a thing that like you would only like men don't think that, you know, like like you don't hear anybody saying like, oh, I should like if I lose weight, I'll get sponsors, you know, like. We love John Daly, you know, yeah, like yeah. he's never said that. <laughs> he's never, you know, so never it just seems like no. there are like, there are such big, like, like your personality should count, I think on the LPGA tour and like just for women in general, yeah, like that should be enough to like get you somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But I think that also like not everybody knows enough about the LPGA tour players' personalities, like right. at all. But they're like, hilarious. Yeah. We, I mean, the Megan King, like we talked to Megan King a few weeks ago, and she was like, "Yeah, we're we're hilarious," you know. Like, yeah, I will say about Megan King, crazy story. Evian and covered that, which is probably my favorite golf tournament I've ever covered in my life. I got to do this piece um, called "Wine and Cheese," where I just sat there with a big plate of cheese and then invited. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> of course, I remember that. Um, Nelly, I remember that. Wine about things that annoy them. And Megan's King, Megan Kang's response was when guys don't text you back but respond to your DM to your to your Instagram stories. Yeah, I was crying. I was like, oh my god, you're right. That is annoying. So good. It's really, they're, really. Yeah, so they're funny. all like so funny, and like that's what makes you want to watch them. Yeah. You know, like when you know more about them as people, and like I don't know, I, I feel like yeah. it's hard to get to like dig up any pieces of personality, like there's no, there's nowhere to yeah about it or learn. And I mean, like for, for fans like us and probably for the fans who are like listening to this podcast, you know, might be like kind of like new to watching golf on TV because they're new to golf in general. And like, you're not really watching at the beginning to like watch how someone's course management is right. right like right. like, yeah, like that's not the long drive. It's cool. But like you like, you know, like, what are they wearing? Like, what do they seem like while they're playing? Like, what's like, the with the caddy, you know, like yeah, yeah. what what are they snacking on? You know, like yeah. just like, pu- human interest stories like that. Yeah, and I feel like we just don't really get as many of those. We want them. Yeah, we want, we want them. Whoever's interest. listening, we want them. Noted. We want them. We'll we'll make them if you want. Yeah, we'll ask really dumb questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned the Evian tournament, um, which was in France, but so. Well, the Evian tournament, <laughs> the Evian, <laughs> the Evian champion, which was in France. Yes. Um, in so France. what made that your favorite tournament to cover? Honestly, I, I, it is, it's like being in a fake place. It's the most beautiful. Um, it looks over the uh, Lake Geneva mm-hmm. and you can see Switzerland on the other side. Wow. And you basically stay in like this castle of a hotel and everything is like the this beautiful fuchsia pink color and um, Rolex signage everywhere and the 
and it's just the, the juxtaposition of the blue lake and the bright pink and the bright green. It's just, it's just amazing. And every single night they have these fancy dinner parties with Vu Clicquot and it is really incredible. Like the amount, I just love. I want to go. I want to go. Insane. I it's really want to go. Like they just treat this tournament how, you know, like, like it's the biggest event in the world. And it's, it's, it is, it is. It's my favorite golf tournament I've ever been to. It is absolutely amazing. Wow. Is that the one you wore a beret to? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, at the beginning of this year, bought two berets, actually. Really? <laughs> Yes, and I'm gonna last weekend and never didn't wear it. It was uh, in her golf because I was playing okay. I only change my hat. I always have like at least five hats with me, um, and I change them based on like if I need to switch with the juju or whatever, you know, like or just because I feel like it. You know, I'll have like a bucket and I'll have a tour visor and I'll have a beret. Yeah, you know, got to have mixed looks for sure. Yeah. Um. um how was the water? <laughs> the oh, I jumped in. Yeah. No, like the drinking water. Oh, oh, oh. Um, the Evian water. Oh, that was, I didn't, yeah, that was, it was delicious. <laughs> I went to the, like the, the, whatever, the spring when like filled wow. up my jug of water. Yeah. It was for a video. Yeah. It was cool. Wow. Yeah. Really so what's like the second, like what has your, been your favorite one in America? Ooh, my favorite tournament in America, probably most recently would have, uh, would have been my most recent tournament, which was covering the U S open at Wingfoot with the U S that looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, that was really awesome. They were just, uh, obviously no fans. Um, so they were just really open to anything and everything. And we got to make some really fun stuff. So I really enjoyed working with that team. Cool. That was a lot of fun. That was such a powerhouse team. It was, it was cool. It was really cool. Influencer convention. Yeah, it was a bit of one. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're obviously, yeah, you're, you're very funny without presumably any professional training. It seems like you've just always been like that. Um, but you have gotten into, you know, more formalized comedy training. So do you want to yeah. tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Classes yeah, how? for sure. So when I was, you know, living here in New York full time, I started taking some improv classes and some sketch classes, which I uh, really loved. And it's just so fun because the people in those classes, like, I mean, it's very like general intro level. And so there's like doctors and lawyers and all kinds of people that you're just like, really? oh, wow. I was yeah. not expecting you yeah, to say that. Yeah. And so like one of my good friends, uh, her name is Leah. She's amazing. She is an incredible lawyer and she's now like in Pennsylvania helping with the Joe Biden campaign. And I met her <laughs> in improv class. Wow. Yeah. And so she is so cool. And so people like that, that, you just like maybe wouldn't have met any other reason you, you meet in there. And I made some really great friends that way. Um, and then now kind of the silver lining for me for COVID has been that um, a lot of these incredible comedy schools have put their class, like have had to do all their classes over zoom, which, and the comedy classes for me have always been a bit tricky as far as scheduling because I travel so much. So mm -hmm. I've been able to take some really great classes and like uh, seminars over Zoom, which has been really cool. Like I'm doing one right now with this girl, uh, a woman named Christy Cielo, who is an amazing comedian. And I'm doing like a women's only stand-up class. Cool. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. And so she's awesome. It's just, it's basically, uh, I mean, she teaches everything from like the business of stand-up to basically just like brainstorming techniques. And it's basically like a big writing class for like mm. comedic writing. Um, so that's been really, really fun. And, uh, I, I love it. So, wow. Yeah. Did you ever see the TV, the HBO show, Barry? I did not know. Okay. I highly recommend that. That's about an acting class. It sounds like it's not like yours because everybody in the oh, class Barry, the guy that like, yeah. it's like a, it's like a, yeah, it's uh it's Bill Hader. Yes, like, guys, like, yes. uh, I never watched assassin. it, but I really do want to see it. An assassin who gets mixed up in an yeah. acting class. Highly recommend. It's like only two seasons, but <laughs> I'm a, um, yeah, but that's cool about being remote. So actually speaking of being remote, so you've been home this whole yes, time. Yes. <laughs> this whole Me too. Yeah. It's been quite the experience. Uh, shout out to David and Kelly for <laughs> housing me once again, did not think you were gonna have to do this. Did you? Um, um but yeah, no, they've been, uh, my parents have been great. Uh, we are a loud bunch. Yeah. So, um, it is, quite the you know it gets a bit gets a bit rowdy, <laughs> rowdy in there um so uh but yeah it's been really fun and they've been like you know um just be like can you guys be quiet for like two seconds my mom my mom and dad really love my dad loves to cook my mom loves to make coffee so i'll be on calls and like the other day i was on a call and she straight up 
like she knew I was on a call and my, the way that my, uh, my desk or whatever, it's like a little desk in the guest bedroom, it literally faces, like I can see the door in my screen behind me. So I see the door open, (laughs) but nobody is walking through the door. And then I, my mom is bear crawling along the ground with a cup of coffee. And then she places oh, that's it. so nice. Places it on my desk and then bear crawls. How courteous. Wow. That's really yeah. sweet. And so I'm on a call and I'm just trying that to reminds me of the girl from the ring or something. Yeah. Like, just trying to keep a straight face. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, um, that's so, funny. So yeah, very, very lucky for their hospitality during yeah, these trying so times. Nice. Yeah, it'll be. What do they think of your like content and everything? Like, do they watch it? Do they have Instagram? They they watch it. My mom wa- like finds things on a bit of a delay. Like all like she'll go through times like I won't hear from her via social media much, and then like all of a sudden she'll comment on like she'll comment on like Golf Digest thing, <laughs> and she'll be like so proud of my sweetie XOXO, <laughs> and I'm like, please delete that right now. Delete it. Oh, I love that. <laughs> uh, but it's funny. I will say, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but like, you know, how I, I found more than ever, like we're very, di- we're like different people around different, like I'm different versions of myself around different people. For sure. When I told my mom, I was like going to start doing comedy stuff. She was like, like I showed her a video. She literally said, I didn't know you were funny. <laughs> I was like, wow <laughs> okay but i guess that was true i was like yeah i guess i've actually never really been that funny around you just kind of like what have i been doing this whole time i guess just kind of sitting here like pouting or something I, know. Years. I know i was like yeah all right you know sometimes i can crack a joke so uh, <laughs> so i'm trying to loosen up a little around them and you know just be a little bit more of i guess my I, it's so sad. I don't want to say I'm not my true self or my parents, but you're just different. Like, I feel like when I'm around them, I've become a little bit more whinier and just more of like a kid. And I don't like that version of myself. Yeah. So I've been trying to like, you know, just like look, uh, you know, just be a little bit more normal around them. But it, I mean, I think there's something about being around your parents that you kind of like revert to like who you were as a teenager, so right? you know? Like- I'm saying I'm like this moody teenager. <laughs> And I'm like, what the hell? This is not me anymore. <laughs> anymore. Yeah, anymore. it was. It, it was. It 100% was. was. I really, the last thing that I want to hear is the um, the protest date story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, need to get it. Yeah, I don't think it has, because you've been home oh, I have during, been home COVID, during COVID dating. Well, I wouldn't really say dating. I've, I was per- I've been perusing, perusing the apps, yeah. but not much happened. Why not? Apps. Um, nobody really that I was interested in Sarasota. There was one guy that I liked. Um, we were on, he called it a date. I didn't know if it was a date. And then he called it a date. It's like, okay, it's a date. And uh, so we were having drinks or whatever. And we we're sitting there and I've never met this person before. Right. We're just sitting there talking. And all of a sudden um, this, uh, this, like we were like black lives matter. And we're like, I'm like, turn around. And there is a, like a huge protest coming down the street. And, huge protest in Sarasota is like not something that you really, you know, see very often. It's, it's very sleepy, you know, little senior <laughs> citizen town. And, and so I don't know if you guys saw, there's a picture going around on uh, social media for a while, sort of during the height of the protest. And it was like a bunch of white kids sitting in New York, having brunch while like a protest was going on behind them. And it was just like the epitome of just tone deafness. Yeah. Um, so I turn back around, look at him, and he looks at me, and we have not like dis- ever discussed this photo before, but he just goes, We can't be the people in the brunch photo. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, yeah, you're right. So I was like, What do we do? What do we do? Uh, and so we like throw his money on the table, we stand up, and then we're like standing on the side of the road, and then we're kind of like clapping for the people. Like, we're like, and then I'm like, What? I don't know if he suggested it or I suggested it, but we ended up joining the protest. <laughs> I love that. Joining the protest. <laughs> um, off we go. Um, honestly, I would say that was that I would just a side note. I honestly, I would have, I would have a hundred percent been like partaking in those. If I would have been in New York, I honestly didn't know that they existed in Sarasota up until that point. And I'm proud to say that I did partake. <laughs> um, so, so, um, so we protested for a bit. Uh, it was only went like two more blocks. And then we're like, well, shit, we can't go back to that same restaurant. Like, oh, <laughs> Sorry. Just, we're back. 
so then we just like did a lot a lap around the block and went to a different restaurant. But um, it's one of the best he, first date stories I've that's ever amazing. heard ever. Love yeah, that. it was a good one. So, so the questions that we have for every guest is, what is your favorite golf club? Like club in the bag. Ooh, my favorite golf club is probably my 60 degree wedge mm. because I love to hit um, like spinny shots, but it also says spinfluencer on it mm. uh, because of my uh, spin drift obsession. So, wow, um, what a great answer. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great club. Um, okay, and then what is your favorite nightclub? Ooh, my favorite nightclub is probably marquee here in new york or i just go back to that time to the warehouse thing in brooklyn oh, yeah. what was that called i don't know that was a fun night i don't know what that space venue was called but it was lovely yeah it was fun yeah <laughs> even i remember that actually yeah. <laughs> your dream celebrity for some living or dead Ooh, okay this one's hard yeah i would say uh, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, um, and Liza Koshy. Oh, cool. Okay. This is perfect. Cause we also, I had wanted to ask you earlier who your favorite comedians are, but that oh, answer. That yeah, I love them. I love perfect. Nikki Glazer, uh, who thinks that I'm a stalker, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You're probably the least creepy stalker she has. I was pretty creepy. I look back on like a DM I sent her. I was like, that was weird. I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) (laughs) Did she read it? Yeah. Oh, well. (laughs) She didn't unfollow me. She followed me back and then didn't unfollow me. So so then you're fine. That's a good sign. But yeah, I would say her, um, who also, Whitney Cummings is really good. So funny. Um, I love John Mulaney so much and Jim Gaffigan. Uh, There's so many funny people. There are. We live in a great time. Very talented people. So, yeah. All right. Well, Hallie, what a pleasure. pleasure, This was so much fun. This was a blast. And happy early birthday, Scorpio sisters. 28 on the 28th. Oh, your golden birthday. It's your golden birthday. Yes. Wow. You guys are really excited about that, too. Jen made a big deal about her golden birthday. Literally, I invited you last year at my golden birthday party. I sent you an email. I sent you a like. I remember. Uh, I was a paperless post. Yes. Yeah. You got a paperless post. Of Jen's okay. So birthday. let me ask what you guys think about this. Okay. Let's wrap up the pod. <laughs> okay. All right. So everybody, if you um, make sure to not forget to wish Hallie. <laughs> make sure you wish Hallie a happy golden birthday. She will be 28 on the 28th of October. Scorpio sisters. Um, and Hallie, thank you so much for coming on the pod tonight. We really appreciate it. So fun. I appreciate it. That was a blast. And uh, Gruder Golf Nation, uh, until we meet hey, again, you know hang loose and game. swing Maybe easy. Later. Alright, that's it. That was, that was great. time when i first started the franchise i really tried to (laughs) franchise (laughs) when i first started the franchise i really tried to keep it to like the same artist and two of their hits um but then jojo i believe was the first yes yes wow you were you were quite i I literally just looked at yeah (laughs) (laughs) like rain man over here on your first date i was like how did you know that